beloved in Jesus name amen. amen as we've gathered like this as a family just want to give you less than a minute just to greet few people especially the ones that you haven't seen yet this year and just say to them you love them and you are glad to see them in church this morning amen and secondly We've got a packed program today, but it's family time. Amen. It's family time. It's good sometimes to have family time. And uh, we've got baby dedications. So several babies and their parents. But also if you know you've come with them, at least have your seat this side. Amen. So have your seat this side with them. Amen. Amen. We are going to share the word of God today. I'm very much excited about what God is doing, Amen. especially in these last days. It's an honor and it's a privilege for us to live in the last days when God is preparing his church for the grand finale. Amen. I like it. It's like when you are running and you are almost reaching the finishing line. That's how it should feel now. That We've been running and running, and now we can see the finishing line drawing closer. Because the coming of the Lord is near. And uh, when we say that we are really hungry for the Lord, and we want the Lord to restore his glory in the church, we also should make sure that we live holy before God. Because I think you've heard when we gave you examples about Uzzah, how he fell dead, trying to handle holy things, when he is not fit to do so. So it means as much as we are excited about the move of God for great and good things, the ark of the covenant of God is a blessing to those that are walking right with God, but it is a curse to those that are walking contrary to what God wants. So it means it should just be for us, all of us, a challenge, as much as it's an encouragement, but it should also be a challenge. Amen. And also, secondly, for me, I'm just glad to see all of you. And I wish good things for all of you. Amen. 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 And uh, since it's family day, sometimes when I would pray for that person, that person, sometimes you feel like if it was up to me, I would just do it and make it happen. You see, sometimes you even feel like, you remember Naomi, the old lady? Hmm? The way she so much loved, loved uh, Ruth and Orpah, when their husbands were dead, and then she didn't know how to get husbands for them. And she was saying, my children, why are you breaking my heart? Can't you just go away from here? Because when you are here, I mean, I'm old. Even if I were to give birth to a child now, will that child marry you? How long will you wait? So she was feeling desperate because she really loved them. That's how a parent, that's the love of a parent to a child. And that is my love for all of you. Third John 1, 2 and 3. Mr. MJ, we're going to do it in the New King James Version. Third John 
2 to 4, New King James Version. What he is saying there is exactly what I'm saying for you, my children. 3 John 2 to 4, New King James Version. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Amen. That's also what I'm saying to all of you. I pray that you may prosper in all things, that you may be successful wherever you go. And I also pray that you be in good health. I want all of you to live in good health. I want all of you to be protected and kept safe. Just as your soul prospers. Just as much as you love God, may God bestow his blessing more and more upon your lives. For, for I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that's in you, just as you walk in the truth. I like this thing of walking in the truth. So it, it means when I wish that all things may go well with you, when I pray that all things may go well with you, when I pray that you may be in good health, but it should be as your soul prospers, as you walk in the truth. So that's why you find that beside my wish, we also teach you the word of God that will give you the success you need. Because there is a saying, if beggars, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. So if it was just up to wishing, then we all could wish a lot of things. <laughs> but wishing doesn't necessarily make it happen. So when I wish, when I pray that you may prosper and be in health, he says, just as your soul prospers. But I also rejoice greatly when I hear that you are walking in the truth. Because already if you are walking in the truth, if you are walking in obedience to God's word, you are destined to the path of success. You remember Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you will make your ways prosperous and you will have good success. So it means if you need success, stick with the word. Amen. Stick with the truth. Verse 3. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen. I also rejoice when I hear that my children walk in truth. When I hear that my children hold on to the word. When I hear you saying, Pastor, I'm facing this challenge, but I know that God is greater. I know that my Lord will make a way. It's more easy to pray with such a person. It's more easy to pray with somebody that's saying, Pastor, I need to join my faith with your faith. Things seem to be difficult and tough, but I know that with my God, nothing is too hard. Amen. Amen. So he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I also have no greater joy than to hear that you walk in the truth. And as you walk in the truth, it means my prayers and my desires for things to go well with you would easily be fulfilled. Because when you hold on to that word, it is the word that God has given. And God is well able to fulfill his promises. We must take him at his word. Amen. Amen. He gives you the word. Even when it doesn't make sense to you, just take it. God has been God before you were born. He will remain God even after you are gone. So he is God. And we should take him at his word. 
Can we go to the book of Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 20? We'll do it in the Passion Translation, TPT. Romans 4, 18 to 20. So God has already promised us good things. We just need to believe his word. So today we are also rejoicing with the children, with baby dedication. But it's family time. We'll talk about the babies. We'll talk about young people, about your future, your aspirations. We talk about families. We talk about every one of us. Because we are all counted in, in God. In the family of God, no one of us is excluded. So even this day, I believe the word that shall go forth this day, will be a special package for each one of you. Where you say, God has been ministering to me. You know when it's in a family and they are dishing out, everyone gets their own plate. Tell your neighbor, I've got my plate today. Amen. And he prepares a table for me. Amen. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy. So if any other thing has been following you. If cases were following you, that's unscriptural. What should follow you? Goodness and mercy. Amen. And you've got to declare that upon your life. Because you say, Pastor, but what do I do? Because for me, it's like things are just not working out. I think it is the case upon my parents. But you are born again now. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new, including what you are blaming upon your ancestors. Romans 4, 18 to 20, the Passion Translation. Against all odds. Okay. We are going to look at the faith of Abraham. Abraham was believing God for a child. Okay. So, sometimes you see we take children for granted. When you have a child, when you have a baby, you think it's just easy. It's one, two, three, and then we get a baby. It's not as simple as that. Okay? So sometimes you find that indeed to conceive, to get a baby, it's not automatic. So therefore, you need to thank God when you are blessed with children. Children are a blessing. No wonder Jesus loved them. Amen. It doesn't matter which lock you were born out of. You see, sometimes you are born out of wedlock or in wedlock. Whichever lock you are born out of, you are precious before God. Amen. Amen. Because God has predestined you. So it means, <laughs> this is my version, it's not scriptural. It's just my version. It means that even when there were good locks or in, what's that, in, in marriage and that and that and that, to an extent that you were so much needed on this earth that even the out of wedlock had to at least accommodate you because you had to come. Amen. The out of wedlock is wrong, isn't it? But it's only wrong for the parents. It's not wrong for the child. Amen. In other words, for you, you say, for me, I'm special before God. Amen. And look at what, when Abraham was believing God for a child, there were obstacles. Just like when you are believing God for anything, there would be obstacles. So listen now how you do it. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless. Okay. Against all odds, 
when it looked hopeless. So it means if any of you is thinking, oh, it seems that's like me. Listen closely. Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. This is good. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. Tell your neighbor, I'm expecting God to fulfill his promise. I'm expecting God to fulfill his promise. Amen. So it means if you are expecting, what do you do when you are expecting? You know when people say when they are pregnant, we sometimes call them they are expecting. What do they do? They start buying pampas before the baby is born. Because they are expecting. Amen. So he expected God to fulfill the promise. So whatever promise that you are looking to God for, if you are expecting May your actions be congruent to your expectation. Amen. Amen. Because sometimes we say, I'm expecting God to do this. But you're not prepared for that. So if you are expecting, behave like somebody who is expecting. It's like some of us, we are highly expectant about the revival that's coming. That God is going to do. So that's why we're getting ready. That's why we're getting prepared. We don't want to be caught off guard like David. You remember we said David the first time when they were taking the ark back, they just quickly did it without any preparation and there was trouble. And then from that time David said he was afraid of the ark and from there he said we need to prepare. If we want to do it this time, let's do it the right way. Because when you are expecting, be prepared. So he expected God to fulfill it. Uh He took God at his word. I like that. He took God at his word. Do you know that we usually take each other at each other's word? Huh? Can I tell you a simple one? If you ask me for something and I tell you, I'll give it to you tomorrow. You rest. But I'm not God. I can change. I'm a person. But how is it that you trust the other person better than we trust God. So here it says, he took God at his word. When you are taking God at his word, you are not trying to make it make sense. You just say, if God said it, he knows how to do it. He is God anyway. Amen. Amen. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. Mm. So if you take God at his word, you will see what will happen. Mm. You will no longer just be an ordinary you. Mm. Because you take God at his word. You are not limited. Mm -hmm. God's declaration over him came to pass. I like God's declarations over me coming to pass. Mm. God's declaration over him came to pass. How many declarations did God make about me? A lot of them. Mm. And I take them. Mm. I take them. Amen. Mm. They are declarations about divine health. I take it. Mm. Declarations about protection. I take them. Declarations about success. I take them. Declarations about long life. I take them. I say God's declaration over my life will come to pass. Repeat about those declarations. So it means as I'm taking you through, I'll take you through several declarations. There are declarations about children. 
There are declarations about our children when they grow. There are declarations about you, youth, when you are trusting God for your future. Speak like somebody who is expectant. Speak, say, God's declaration upon my life will come to pass. Amen. Amen. And those of you in families, may your families also be successful. Amen. Amen. So we'll check some of those declarations. Continue. God's declaration over him came to pass. Yes, I also think, I also want God's declarations over me come to pass. Mm. But they only come to pass when you believe them and you also speak those declarations. Mm. Mm. Prophesy over your situation. Amen. Amen. Mm. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. You see, this was the declaration. The declaration says your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. But they are barren. So their natural circumstance did not fit with what was said. But what must reign supreme? God's word. My situation, my circumstance has got to bow to the promises of God. So God's declaration over him came to pass. The declaration was your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. So if you look now in retrospect, indeed, Abraham's descendants are so many. Even some of us, we claim to be his descendants by faith. Amen. The Muslims did, uh, claim him through, I, through Ishmael. Mm. The Jews claim him through Isaac. Mm. His descendants shall be so many that they will be impossible to count. Mm. But the time when the promise was spoken, in Abraham's mind as a mere human being, he couldn't see how that would happen. That's why he and Sarai, they started making some plans to try and help God. But God is God. Amen. He will always do what he promised. His descendants shall be so many that they will not be counted. Uh In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. Yeah, I like this. You see, I underlined this. It says his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact. So I, I added, I left those at least a bit. It says by the fact that, but then, can you have your faith so strong that it can't be undermined by facts? Amen. Huh? In other words, facts are there, but they will not undermine my faith. I've heard from God, I've heard from the creator of the heavens and the earth, and my destiny it's sealed with my God. Amen. So it says his faith was so strong, repeat that. His faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact. Yes. Even my faith cannot be undermined by facts. But for Abraham, it couldn't be undermined by which fact? That he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. That was a fact. But that facts has got nothing to do with my destiny. Tell your neighbor, facts have got nothing to do with my destiny. Because my faith cannot be undermined by facts. Yes, it should be so strong that it cannot be undermined by facts. So when you say, Pastor, you've got to be realistic. You're taking me to facts. And my faith cannot be undermined by facts. Continue. He never stopped believing God's promise. Yes, some of you start believing God and sometimes when things seem difficult, you stop. Don't stop. For he was made strong in his faith to father a child. Mm. 
And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. You see what you do when you are highly expectant? You start glorifying God before you receive it. So it says, because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promise. So he started glorifying God. He started thanking God. He started blessing God for his faithfulness. Because he knew that God had all the power to fulfill his promise. You see, it's like, but our children usually believe us even when we don't have all the power. You know that your child thinks you can buy the whole shop. They go with you to Toys R Us or Toy Kingdom. If you don't stop them, you will buy the whole shop. Because they think you've got all the power to buy the whole shop. So, Mr. Pazir, Biggie will say to you, I want this one, Daddy. I want this one. I want that one. I want that one. He's surprised when you say, not now. Not now, Biggie. Not now, Biggie. We can't do this. We can't. Now he's surprised. Daddy doesn't have all the power to buy the whole shop. And you know that even our children think that every child, yeah, every child thinks his father beats the whole world. Children think you are the greatest on this earth. They think you have all the powers. So, but for us, who have God who has all the power, why don't we believe him like indeed have a childlike faith? That's why Jesus says, unless you accept the kingdom like one of these little ones, you will not enjoy and inherit the benefits of the kingdom. Because the little ones, they quickly forgive. The little ones, you tell them something, they believe it. They don't doubt that you may not have all the power to fulfill it. But our God has all the power needed to fulfill his promises. So that's why today I want us to talk about taking God at his word. So it means in every area, whether it's with our children, whether it's believing God for a child, take God at his word. Whether it's believing God to raise up our children in a godly way. Because sometimes you will hear people saying, these days children in the Cape, there are drugs and all that and our children will go astray. That's what, those are the facts. Let those facts not undermine your faith. Amen. 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 And what if now your child goes astray? The promise of God is very clear. Train up the child in the way he should go. And when he grows old, he will not depart from it. So he won't die out. Amen. Amen. So they can try and go astray and all that. Daddy and mommy know the final answer. And speak like that for your children. Amen. Amen. So you need to hear God's declaration. So that your faith should not be undermined by facts. Okay? So go to Psalms 127. We'll do 3 to 5 in the Amplified. Because children indeed are a blessing from God. We are here we, to dedicate the children, to celebrate with these children. No wonder Jesus always said, let the children come to me. And by the way, the way we have done it this time, we said, it's not only the newborn babies that we are dedicating to the Lord. 
might be that you've got a child and the child was not dedicated to the Lord before. You take the opportunity. That's what we say to all of you. So if you've got your child and your child is not dedicated to the Lord, it's, the problem is not with us. You decided not to take the, to heed to the call. We made that call several times, isn't it? We made those announcements several times, isn't it? Yeah. So we're saying this openly so that if this is recorded and your child grows, later your child asks you, was I dedicated to the Lord? No. But when the pastor was preaching, where were you? I was slumbering. Okay. Psalms 127, 3-5, Amplified. Behold, Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. So I like it. When children are a heritage from the Lord, when the fruit of the womb is the reward of the Lord, it means when God blesses me with a child, I need to go back to him and thank him for that child. I need to do like Manoah to say, God, you have an assignment for this child. Teach us how this child should be brought up. Okay? Oh, by the way, some of you think that children are, are a reward of the Inyangas. That's why when you need a child, you go to the Inyangas. So the scripture is clear here. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Yeah. Children are a heritage from the Lord. So that's why even when a child is born, it's unfair to take that child to the Inyangas or Sangomas to give that child weight. They should have created their own children that they will give weight to. Amen. But if these ones are from the Lord, we must take them back to the Lord. We must do like what we are doing today. We dedicate them unto the Lord. We are acknowledging that Lord, you gave us these children. We are dedicating them back to you. We want to speak like Hannah to say, let them perpetually be before your house, O oh God. So that they won't go astray. So that they will be a blessing. So read, go, go down. You will see now, children are like arrows. They can be well directed or misdirected. Read. As arrows are in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Okay. So arrows, as arrows are in the hands of a warrior, so are the, ch the children of one's youth. So, Mr. Marange and the rest of you guys, the Bible says children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So, if a warrior is not well trained, he's going to misdirect those arrows. Okay? So, instead of those arrows being a blessing, they are going to be a curse. Hmm. You think that, do you think that God gave birth to some people just to come and be gangsters. Huh? And you say, no, you see, God is sovereign. You see, he created some to be gangsters. He created some to be murderers. No, those are misdirected arrows. Amen. Those are misdirected arrows. Children are a blessing from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Children are like arrows. You can direct them. And if they are well directed, they will hit the enemy's target. Amen. Amen. And you will not be ashamed. Continue with it. Happy, blessed, and fortunate is the man whose quiver is filled with them. Yeah. 
So if you are believing God for more children, go ahead. Mm. You can fill your quiver with them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. They will not be put to shame when they speak with their adversaries in gatherings at the city's gate. Yes. That's what's happened with our children. May our children indeed be mighty on the earth. Amen. That's why we should not speak bad words over our children. Let the declaration of God come true upon our children. Like God's declaration came true upon Abraham. Even upon our children, may his declarations come true. Now go to Psalms 112. Verse 1 to 8. We'll do it in the New King James Version. Psalms 112. 1 to 8. Because as parents, we should we should know what God has declared about our children. Because if you do not take God's declaration and speak them, you are going to speak the world's declaration over your children, and you will bewitch your children. You will hand them over to the enemy. You will hand them over to the kingdom of darkness. So it means we need to claim, to reclaim them back and say, my children will be mighty upon the earth. There will be a blessing wherever they go. Amen. Read it. New King James Version, Psalms 112, verse 1 to 8. Praise the Lord. Mm. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Who delights greatly in his commandments. Okay, starting there. Uh, Mr. Malang, it seems you are the only dead this side with, of the ones that are coming. There the, are the other daddies here, but for the ones that are coming. So it says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. So before we talk about your children, we talk about you first. Do you know that sometimes as a parent, you let your children in trouble by your behaviors? Huh? Your children sometimes are even ashamed to be associated with you. When they are with other children, other children mock them because of your behaviors. It's not good. Similarly, if you are a blessed man, if you fear God, your children have got a head start. Amen? Because these children now grow knowing the fear of God. They grow not being confused. You know that our youth are confused these days. They don't even know male from female. Mm. So it means, it means we, if our children, if when they are still young, you train them according to what God has said. And when they ask you about facts, you say, let not facts undermine God's word. Amen. Amen. In other words, facts should not undermine what God has said. Some of the things I can't answer as a human being. You can ask me questions and say, but pastor, you know, what about this? What about this? It's not what I think. The big boss has declared that in the beginning he made the male and female. That's what he said. So if he said it that way, that's what I teach my children. And now you ask me, but pastor, this, what about this? What about this? I'm not God. If maybe it were up to me and you, we could make a deal and make an exception. But God didn't think it that way. Let God be God. Continue. 
His descendants will be mighty on the earth. Mm. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Amen. Mm. That's what God is saying about you children. Children who are going to be dedicated to the Lord today and all our other children who are blessed of the Lord. The Bible says you will be mighty upon the earth. Amen. Amen. I see the little Sadiqi there when I'm talking. She's looking at me and say, even me, Pastor, even you, my little girl. <laughs> Amen. 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 Because the Bible says they will be mighty upon the earth. But do you know what our parents used to do with us? They didn't raise us in a way that you could be mighty upon the earth. They would sometimes call you dunderhead. And in Africans, you call children naughty. Naughty children do not become mighty upon the earth. They become gangsters. That's what you create with naughty children concept. With dunderhead concept. Okay? But if we hear God's declaration, it says his descendants will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. So it means when my children seek the job, they must find the job. They are blessed. Yeah. You are to be blessed. Claim your promises. If maybe because of your natural parents, things are not so well. Claim your promises through your Abraham. This man here is blessed. And say by association, I want the blessing that upon this man of God. Amen. Amen. I also want that blessing. And you can even be so adamant. You remember that some, the, the, the Canaanite woman. The Canaanite woman was disqualified even by Jesus. Yeah, Jesus says, I can't take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. You guys are outsiders. I've only been sent to the children of Israel. She said, true Lord. But even the dogs can even rather get crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus said, oh, woman, you're not limited by your circumstances. You're not limited by your background. You know what you want. Great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you believe. Amen. Amen. So it means you cannot now say, because I'm a Canaanite woman, because of this, because of this, because of this, your faith can pave a way for you. Our children will be mighty upon the earth. Mm. Verse 3. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Hey, I like it, man. Guys, just fear the Lord. Wealth and riches will come to your house. Mm. When other people are chasing for wealth and riches, wealth and riches are following us. Goodness and mercy is following us. You see, the problem with chasing after riches, you end up even losing the love for God because your priorities are not right. Okay? Those things now end up taking the place of God. But if you see God and his righteousness, all these other things that the Gentiles are chasing after, they will be added to you. Continue. And his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. So that's what happened to the upright. Mm -hmm. When it's dark, what happens to the upright? Light arises. Light. So it means even when it's supposed to be dark, light arises. Mm -hmm. I am the upright. Mm -hmm. I am the righteous. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He is gracious mm -hmm. and full of compassion yes. and righteous. Mm -hmm. A good man deals graciously and lends. So a good man lends. Okay. Mm. So it means 
when we are borrowing, we still need to grow. Mm. No, it's not sinful to borrow. But there's growth needed still. Mm. And a good man lends. Mm. Good man has surplus. Amen. Start believing God for surplus. Yeah. Uh, I know our elder here, he likes using that accounting term, surplus. Mm, I like I like surplus. Can you tell your neighbor, I like surplus? <laughs> Amen. The good man learns. Mm-hmm. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Mm. Surely he will never be shaken. Mm. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Mm. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Mm. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. So when it says he will not be afraid of evil tidings, he will not be afraid of evil news. You know that sometimes people spread the news, the coronavirus and all the other news. Hmm? When I know that the Lord is with me, then I'm not afraid of any evil tidings. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Continue. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desires upon his enemies. Amen. Do you see that it pays to be righteous? It pays to love God. It pays to be a child of God and to live holy before God. Amen. On this earth. Now, when our children are growing, as we speak good about them, as we speak, we declare good future for them. The Lord already wants to fulfill that upon their lives. Amen? So now, I will just read one verse, one verse for Samuel and one for Jesus and just see how when you are a blessed child, things just go well. And even your parents speak well about you and then God's favor come upon you. First Samuel 2.26 First Samuel 2.26, we'll do it in Amplified. And we'll read it together with Luke 2.52 in the NIV. And you will see the, that these two verses, they mirror each other. Okay? This is what happens to blessed children. So that's why the declaration of God should come true in my life, but the declaration of God should also come true upon my children. And hold on to the faith. Hold on to your faith. Let not facts undermine your faith. 1 Samuel 2.26 Amplified. But the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with both the Lord and with men. So the boy Samuel grew. And he was in favor with the Lord and with men. So when you are in favor with the Lord and with men, you are blessed, you are highly favored, and things work out for you. You don't have to bribe people to favor you. When the Lord favors you, man will have to favor you. Amen. Yes. So even when you go to interview, believe God for a favor. Amen. And let it be also that even men favor you. Luke 2.52 NIV. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature mm-hmm. and in favor with God and men. So you can see this issue of favor. Hmm? Both with Samuel and with Jesus, we hear that as they were growing, they were in favor with God and with men. 
So what happens, guys, when we dedicate the children to the Lord, when we pray over the children, we are declaring the favor of God upon these children. Amen. Amen. So we are declaring, so Mr. Marange, when we declare, when we talk to about Orugao, and we declare your, the, the favor of God upon Orugao, then that is the favor that comes upon Orugao. So that when Orugao grows up, he will be in favor with God and with people. Amen. So that when Orugao grows up, Mr. Marange, and now he has finished this education and others are not getting jobs, he, Orugao must get the job. Amen. Because he's got the favor. Amen. And we must say that about our children. Amen. Let them be in favor with God and with people. But our responsibility as parents then is to train up our children in the way they should go. So that when they grow, they will not depart from the ways of the Lord. Because if you are a parent, daddies, mothers, all the mothers in this place, all the daddies, may you raise up your hands. Mothers and daddies. Okay. You've got a responsibility. Not only up for your life, but also for your children. Now, go to the book of Proverbs. This is for parents. Proverbs 22.6. Amplified. Because when you are going now to train your children, you've got to train your children. Okay. Let me keep it this simple. If you are a novice and you don't know things, can you train others? You can't train. You should be trained. Okay? So parents, you just raised your hands. Are you equipped to train the children? Or you yourself need training? Huh? Do you know that there are parents who don't even know that they need to go to church? Being a parent, and then the child is there with the other children from Sunday school. Mommy, let's go to church. Daddy, let's go to church. It's just that this child can't drive. If this child could drive, the child would go to church. But now the parents can't go because they don't know. And you are beaten by children? Uh-uh. Look at this. Proverbs 22.6 Amplified. Oh? Yes. So for you to be able to train, that's why even, okay, I don't know this one, I'm just saying it, okay? Again, it's not scriptural. Usually, even if, if you are a, the owner of the club, it doesn't necessarily mean you are a coach. I know that, I know you know the one owner who thinks he's a coach. <laughs> it seems he's been struggling for years. So, you can be an owner, but you don't have to be a trainer. You can give others that job. Okay? So now, but for parents, you cannot outsource parenting. Tell a parent next to you, you can't outsource parenting. <laughs> Amen. Because some of you, you think the schools will parent for you. Amen. The school is not your child's parent. Amen. So who should train the child? The parent. Okay. You train the child in the way he should go. Uh -huh. 
and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. I like this in the Amplified. It says in keeping with his individual gift or bent. Do you know that sometimes as parents we also fail in that we compare the children? And we discourage the children. You say, you're not like your brother. You're not like your sister. You see, you always do this, but your sister is like this. Instead of you training them in keeping with their individual gift or bent. Amen. Do you know that some of us, when we grew up, we were made to believe that for you to have money or for you to be rich, you need to be educated. Can you tell me one person who is rich because they are educated? I don't know any. <laughs> the richest people here are not the educated people. I'm not encouraging you not to be educated. I'm also educated. I'm also educated. I'm just saying, I'm just saying when we grew up, we were made to believe that to be educated, if you are educated, then that's when you will be rich. That's when you will have good houses and that. But look at some people. You find that somebody is a tennis player. Not even going to school, but she's a millionaire. So it means you might have gold in your hand. But because you don't train up your child in keeping with his individual gift or band, you are keeping on forcing this child in class when this child is a world champion of tennis. Amen. So it means if we were to identify the gifting on this child, we were supposed to train that child in keeping with that individual gift or bent. That's why sometimes we think some people are useless. Because we want them to be like what we want. So when actually there is a special place for each child, there is a special place for each one of us. It's just that our parents were not training up in keeping with the individual gift or band. They wanted you to be the same with your brother or with your cousin. Parents, it's a challenge for all of us, me included. Let's train up our children in the ways they should go in keeping with their individual gifts or band. Amen. Children are all unique, they are all different. Just like we are all unique, we are all different. So when children are still young, identify their gifts and their bent. You know, do you know that your gift or your bent would be there even from the time that you are still young, growing, growing, growing? You remember Moses. Do you know that he already wanted to deliver the Israelites before he was called? You remember he killed an Egyptian? Yeah, so that bent was already there, okay? It was just waiting for God's timing. And then God sent him back when it was time. Which means in you, there is already a seed of your destiny. There is already a seed of where you should be going. That's why the other mistake that people do, because of not understanding individual gift or bent, that's why you are competing with somebody else. You are special where you are. Amen. Yeah. Can I again be a little bit political and I will pass it quickly. For me, I don't think what gives women value is because they should be like a man or equal to a man or whichever. I believe everybody is unique as they are. I don't have to have value 
by being equated with somebody. Okay? So when you now start making me so that I must feel to have value, then that is the standard. I don't believe that's true. That, that should be how it is. I am unique as I am. That's why as a woman, you've got a womb and you can have a child. And men cannot do that. Amen. It means you are unique. So each one of us in your uniqueness, if you do not understand that, you are going to try and compare yourself with somebody who is limited, who cannot have children. And you think, that, and you think that's the standard. Hmm? So it means each one of us. So for men, you might at least have strength. That's what makes you men. That's fine. The other one, they may be strong in this, weak in that. That's why we need each other. Even in your own families, parents, husband and wives. Okay, do you know that? Okay, let's do this. Do you guys, I've got two hands, okay? The right and the left. Do you know that my two hands are not strong equally? Hmm? For most of us, the stronger one is the right hand. And the left one is the weak hand. Why were they not created equal in strength? Amen. And do you think the left hand must feel, ah, but this is unfair. <laughs> Every time when the right hand is created, stronger than me. Then for some of you, of course, the left hand is the stronger one. Okay? Now for you, then the, the right hand can also complain. Okay? But in keeping with his individual gift or band, it eliminates competition. So it means even in your families, husbands and wives, you will not all have the same strength. You might be said to be the head of the family, but you may be very poor, a, a very poor financial manager. And and God gave you a wife who's very good in managing finances. Let her manage the finances. Your house will be good. Amen. By the way, it doesn't mean when something is ahead, it does everything. Do you know this head of mine? It doesn't work. Amen. It decides we now want to walk, and then the feet knows we need to walk. Amen. So in keeping with individual gift or band, May we raise our children that way. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, the good news. Now, the youth. We are training the children in the way they should go. Now I want to say to the youth, don't let your faith be undermined by the facts. Mm -hmm. Some of you are trusting God for godly marriages. And you say, Pastor, I'm already 37. It seems time is running out. Okay? And now, you now fall into the same trap that Abraham fall into, of trying to make things on your own. Then you get in, and when you are in there, you realize this is an Ishmael. And now you have troubles. Because even when your Isaac comes, now we will still give you the first terminology. You see, even in Homer first, when they want you to mark, they will say single, married, 
divorced. Now, you are no longer allowed to write single. So, it means, if I'm 38 and I'm still waiting for my miracle, leave me alone. I'm waiting for my miracle. I don't want an Ishmael. I want to get it God's way. Amen. Amen. So that's what we should do because sometimes we allow ourselves to be under unnecessary pressure. Okay? As if God had said, you can only get married when you are 25. After that time has passed. God doesn't, it's not limited to time. You know that Abraham and, 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 and Sarai, they gave birth close to 100 years old. They were at menopausal stage already. So God is not limited to time. He is God. Jeremiah 29, 11, good news. I alone know the plans I have for you. I like this. <laughs> so God here puts it as if some people will claim to know about your future. Mm. You know that some people will say, you are useless. You will never amount to anything. They don't know me. He says, I alone know the plans I have for you. Mm -hmm. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Amen. Plans to bring about the future you hope for. Amen. Youth and everybody who's still hoping for a future, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Those plans are plans of a good future. The future you hope for. Keep on believing God for that future. He says, I know those plans. And I have the power to fulfill those plans. But he says, those plans are for prosperity. They are not for disaster. Because people usually say, no, maybe this is my portion in life. You know, my sister, you are just the chosen one. You know, for us, we have to suffer all the life, all our lives. I haven't seen such a scripture. Okay? You are reading too much of newspapers and living the word of God. That's why you talk like that. Amen? If you spend more time in the word, you will speak like God. Amen? Ephesians 1, 3 to 11, the New King James Version. Ephesians 1, 3 to 11 in the New King James Version. Is this thing where your future is already sealed? God wants a good future for you. Isaiah 3.10 says, I must tell you as the righteous that it will be well with you. Tell the righteous it shall be well with them. Isaiah 3.10. So now this one, Ephesians 1, 3 to 11, New King James. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So the Lord has blessed us. That's why if you ask me how I am, I always say I am blessed and highly favored. You say, Pastor, is it because all things is just that they work well for you, Pastor? For us, you know, things are different. No, I am saying what God's declaration is upon my life. He says he has blessed me. And that's why I keep on saying, I am blessed. Mm -hmm. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So when did he choose us? Before the foundation of the world. So if your parents say you are a mistake, they haven't read this one. Okay? 
Because he chose me before the foundations of the world. He chose me even before my parents were born. And that's what got Jesus into trouble. <laughs> Remember Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, he's not even 30. Now he's claiming he was there. I remember the other time, I think Blessing was just, uh, he was just trying to show that he's also old. So we're talking things of the time before he was born. He said, yeah, I could see you in heaven, you guys doing this and this and this and this. <laughs> okay. So the Lord chose us before the foundations of the world. Mm-hmm. That we shall be holy and without blame before him in love. So you see what we were chosen for before the foundation of the world. It's not to be gangsters. Mm. It's not to be prostitutes. Mm. It's not to be drunkards. Mm. We were chosen to be holy holy and without blame. Mm. Okay? Mm. We were chosen to be holy and without blame. Pastor, is it possible to be holy? You know, the, only the Russians, only the dead are the Russians. Give me the scripture. I can give you one here. I was chosen in God before the foundations of the world to be holy and without blame. Mm-hmm. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to I, himself. I like this thing. Those of you who do English, uh, I know you are in the language business and Sister Valerie and others. It says, having predestined us. You know the word pre and you know the word destination. If you put the two of them together, you get predestined. Okay. So, pre means before. Destination means where you are going. So it means my destination is sealed before I begin the journey. Amen. Amen. That's what you guys do when you buy a flight ticket. Before you you get in the aeroplane, the destination is sealed. They say this one is going to Jobek. Amen. Amen. So it means before I leave, I know where I'm going. So you can tell your neighbor, don't judge me by, by where you see me today. I'm on my journey. And the future looks bright. Amen. Because he predestined me into this adoption as a son. Imagine being adopted by God as a son. Hmm? Being adopted by God as a son of God. All that the father has is mine. Continue. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, Mm. to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Mm. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So it seems like the thing of, you cannot shy away from the redemption. If you want to live holy, if you want to live and enjoy the blessings of God, we have to have this redemption through his blood. We have to have this forgiveness of sins through his blood. In other words, Our righteousness is of the Lord. We are who we are today because what God has declared upon us. Read verse 11. 
in him also we have obtained an inheritance. So, have you, you see, if you are sons, some of you guys, you make wills, isn't it? You, you draw a will for your children. Okay? Now, the will is dra- drafted for me. So I've got an inheritance. I've got an inheritance. God is my father. Jesus is my Lord. And among the inheritance is I walk in divine health. That's my inheritance. This is, you remember Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Any tongue that raised up against you in judgment you shall condemn. And it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their righteousnesses of me declares the Lord. So it means I've got an inheritance. Inheritance that I am protected. An inheritance that I walk in divine health. An inheritance that I have substance on the earth. Amen. So the Lord is so good to us. Now, let's touch a bit about those that are in marriage. Okay? Because it's a family day. So we, we've got to end there. Okay? We talked about the children, we talked about the youth, and all of us who are still aspiring, but also those in marriage. Let's talk a little bit about you. Okay? Because our marriages as children of God should be beacon of hope for other people that are still aspiring to get married. It shouldn't be that people that are aspiring to get married, they get discouraged when they look at how difficult it is to have a married life. So it means when I'm not enjoying my marriage, when things are not going well in my marriage, I've got to trust God that that must change. I must never say, this is my portion in life. Mm -mm. God did not plan it that way. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of your inheritance. Okay? So listen to this in Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 from verse 3, the New King James Version. To those of you who are married, listen to what God says. Matthew 19, 3 to, from verse 3, New King James Version. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? You see, so it means the things of divorces didn't start now all along. You see that? But now they are asking, is it lawful to divorce your wife for any reason? Actually, according to them, you know the patriarchal uh, Jews, they didn't think that the wife can divorce the husband. Mm. That's why this is phrased like this. (laughs) According to them, it was the husband that can divorce the wife. But we just want to know if it's lawful. Okay, let's listen to Jesus. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Oh, okay. So it seems we start missing it when we forget how he made them. Mm. Okay. Mm. It says, Have you not read? Have you not read? So it's actually not, you see, that's what you must sometimes do. Sometimes don't answer questions as if it's coming from you. 
answer it, have you not read? <laughs> you see, because now they can't blame Jesus for saying they were made male and female, isn't it? He said, have you not read that this is what was said? Okay? Mm-hmm. And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's also another important thing. So I think he's building a case here about saying, instead of him answering, is it lawful to divorce the wife? Start by laying the foundations of a marriage. Now he says, that's why a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. Okay? So some of you, you want to be married, but you don't want to leave those, uh, the, that attachment. So every time when you have to make a decision, uh, I just need to first check with, you, with my mother. Yeah, we have to first check with my father. You haven't left. And that's why it won't succeed. Okay? So, sometimes you say, but pastor, what must I do? I mean, they are my parents, they brought me up. Yes, take care of them. But they need to understand that now you are married. Okay? For this reason. Okay? Now, some of you, you can leave the mother and the father, but you can't leave your old friends. Yeah, some of the marriages are destroyed by friends that you are still sticking with. So, Jesus, before he answers whether it's lawful to divorce, he starts by telling you, he gives you the base. Okay? He says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. And some of you, you struggle with the father and the mother. Some of you even struggle with friends. Friends. Okay? The problem is, when now you and your wife divorce, they don't say those friends have divorced. You bear the repercussions of that action. So you need to protect what God has given you and treasure it. And treasure one another. Husbands, wives, let's treasure one another. Amen. Continue. So then, there are no longer two, but one flesh. Mm-hmm. Therefore, what God, what God has joined together, let no man separate. You see how Jesus is doing it? He's building a case here. And when he's building a case, the question was simple. Is it lawful to divorce one's wife? No, he doesn't answer that way. He says, in the beginning, this is how God created them. And this is the recipe. If they want to succeed, they must make sure that they leave so that they can cleave. Okay? And then he says, what therefore God has joined together, let no one separate. So listen now to facts. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Okay. So it means the fact that that time was. So they were saying, if Jesus, you say, this is not right to do it this way, why then do we still hear that you can give them a, a, a certificate as if, as if it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good qualification? <laughs> I mean, imagine something called a, defo- a certificate, a, a div- a, what, what certificate is that? A certificate of divorce. <laughs> People. 
Can you see that our world is mixed up? A certificate should be for an achievement. Isn't it? I mean, they're asking, why then did Moses say you can give a certificate of divorce? A certificate. As if it will be required somewhere. Continue. That's the problem with going with facts. When you live what God has said. Continue. He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, Mm. permitted you to divorce your wives. Mm -hmm. But from the beginning, it was not so. Amen. So he says, because of the hardness of your hearts. You know that sometimes, because of some of these many things, things ended up this way. But this is not what God wanted from the beginning. And we need to put it plain like that. Amen. Continue. And I say to you, Mm -hmm. whoever divorces his wife, Mm. except for sexual immorality Mm. and marries another, Mm. commits adultery. Mm -hmm. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. Mm. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. (laughs) You see, the disciples understood what Jesus said. They realized, ah, it means it's a one-way ticket. (laughs) Oh, then it's better not to marry. (laughs) Listen to Jesus continuing. I like this. But he said to them, all cannot accept this saying, Mm. but only those to whom it has been given. Yeah. So it means not all of us can decide not to marry. But you will see now, because some of you, sometimes you think, if I'm not married, then I'm less human than the one who's married. You will see Jesus giving the case here. Mm. Do you know that even Jesus was not married? Do you know that Paul was not married? Mm. Mm. Because sometimes we get our priorities wrong. And we measure ourselves according to other people's standards. Mm. Continue. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. Okay, so there are some people who were born like that. That they will not marry. Uh-huh. Mm. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. I don't know these ones. <laughs> Whether they are the ones who are bewitched, I don't know. But, but it's not clear to me. But they were made by men to be eunuchs. Uh-huh. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. I like these ones. I like these ones. You know, there are some eunuchs who have decided for the sake of the kingdom, I want to focus just on the kingdom. Mm. Like Paul. Mm. I'll give you a scripture as we descend. Mm. And you will see that Paul actually was very much proud not to be married. Because he says, you guys who are married, you are always troubled by trying to please each other. (laughs) For me, my purpose is to please God. I'll give you a scripture. Continue, finish that. Because again, it's the same thing where we always think. You see, when, when you always compare your, your success because of what happened to somebody else, you will miss your portion in life. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. So who can accept it? First Corinthians 7. So we are, we are descending now. We're going to land. 
we're going to dedicate the children. But I felt that since this is family day, we need to talk about our babies. We need to talk about our youth aspiring for your future. We need to talk about the married. And we also need to talk about those that says, I'm a eunuch just for the kingdom. Okay? As long as you won't do... Okay. How do I say it in a way that you won't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, there are some who will claim to be that in a particular setting or in particular churches, but we end up hearing a lot of stories about how they are molesting the children. Okay? So it means, it's not just a quick, simple thing to say, no, I want to do this. Listen to Paul's advice. 1 Corinthians 7, 25 to 38. Okay? Um. If you don't have, let me do it from my side. Now concerning visions, I have no commandment from the Lord. You see, Paul sometimes he used to speak. That's why, guys, sometimes you will hear me saying, this is what I'm saying, not the Bible. Okay? So when it's your view, you must say, this is my view. Okay? When it's the scripture, then you say, thus saith the Lord. So he says, concerning the visions, I have no commandment from the Lord. Yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord has mercy upon. So in other words, what he's going to advise us on is not, God didn't say you must marry or you mustn't marry. Okay? There is no commandment there. But Paul wants to express his view. I suppose therefore that this is good because of the present distress. That it is good for a man to remain as he is. You, you, you see Paul's advice. He says, but this is not the Lord. Are you bound to a wife? Are you bound to a wife? Don't seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? <laughs> Don't seek a wife. <laughs> so you can see that he's talking. It's good that he started telling us, this is not the commandment of the Lord. Mm. So it's his views. He's just saying, this is my advice. But even if you do marry, you have not sinned. Okay? And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh. But I want to spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. So that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as they, though they did not possess. And those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world. How he may please his wife. Okay? There are sometimes, sometimes mommy would say to me, now you're behaving like you're not married. Every time is the, is the, is the, is the, is the tent. Yeah. The thing is that, indeed, when you are married, you've got to bring the balance. You see, you, you really want to do this with the Lord. I, I could just be with the Lord all the time. But why did you get married? 
Because now there is somebody who needs you. Now Paul says, you've got to bring that balance. But for me who is not married, my focus is just God. So therefore it says, I think bottom line of what I was saying about today here is, none of you should ever feel insignificant. None of you should ever feel that because I haven't done that, then I have not achieved. Never use other people as the extra, as the standard. You are unique as you are. Amen? And allow God to raise you to your destined future. Because it says he predestined me. So my destination is set. Just don't let people define your destiny. Amen. Did you get this? Did we all get something? Did we talk as a family?